0: And uh, I am excited to be here with you for another episode of the African Father in America podcast. And today I have a special guest that is joining us for the show. We have my brother, Rachman Nagwere, who is an incredible artist, originally from Uganda, uh, and here with us in Seattle, Washington. Rachman, uh, go ahead and say hello to our viewers and our listeners as we begin the conversation.
1: Hello, uh, Jambo Shikamo, mulimutia um, Mutya for the Ugandans. Um, my name is Rathman. I come from Uganda and originally from eastern Uganda and Mbale, We have uh, very close uh, we are very close to Kenya. Um, I have very close attachment to Kenya because my dad walked through Mount Aragon. Kenya when he was like running away from some political issues sometime back. So uh, I feel like we are not just neighbors, we're just like one um, big family.
0: We are, we are, we are one big family. I can't wait to dive deep into the story you just shared with us there, you know, uh, about your connection to Kenya and how uh, Uganda and Kenya and many African countries neighbor each other, you know, but long before the colonialists uh, created these borders, we were families. Um, In fact, we come from the same ancestors, you know, Uh, the Bantus, you know, you're talking about the Bantus and they are from the same ancestry, you know. So um, I just want you to know that you're in the right place. We're going to go deeper into this. I want us to start with today's proverb. And uh, before I do that, I just want to uh, first of all, thank everyone who is joining us over there on TikTok. Uh, I want you to take a minute and share the link to this live stream. Uh, my goal with the live stream over there on TikTok is to just make sure that uh, you all share the the live that we have there where we are broadcasting today's episode live on TikTok. But we are also live on YouTube where that's our home. YouTube is the primary place where we broadcast the afia podcast. So make sure you subscribe to the channel over there as well and uh I'm just about to share the the link uh no the, the the proverb for the day. I'm about to share the proverb for the day. So get your pen and paper ready so that you can engage with it and let us know what you think about it and what it brings up for you. Uh, This is a beautiful, beautiful proverb. uh, And I'm going to share three nuggets about this proverb. It says that throwing pebbles at an elephant in no way disturbs him. Throwing pebbles at an elephant in no way disturbs him. That's a beautiful Nigerian proverb. I want you to share with me in the comments what this proverb means for you. Uh, I see that Binti Africa, who is another amazing uh, creator and uh, artist is joining us and also show host is joining us all the way from Nairobi, Kenya. Thank you so much. Uh, Binti Africa was a guest of mine here on the show not too long ago and it was just wonderful. Um, yeah. Now, I want to share three nuggets of wisdom quickly around this proverb and then I want to create space for my special guest. Rachman to be able to also dive into this proverb and uh, give us some of his own wisdom around it. So, the first nugget of wisdom around this proverb says that don't waste your energy on things that you can't control. It's like throwing pebbles at an elephant, you know, it's not going to make a difference. The elephant is too big, you know, the little pebbles will not help with anything. Number two, focus on your own journey, you know, don't compare yourself to others, everyone is on their own unique path, you know, while you're being bothered by the elephant walking by, you're throwing little pebbles at it, it's still just eating, if it came to enjoy some of the uh, fruits and vegetables in your garden, it will still do it and then go, because the elephant has always been on that path, you know, its ancestors have always been on that path, so you just came and occupied its space you know so while you are bothered by its uh, existence it's not bothered by your existence it's just doing what it's used to doing you know so you also be on your own path and let the elephant be on its own path you know (laughs) then the final nugget of wisdom don't let setbacks discourage you you know everyone experiences setbacks in life and uh, it's also part of you know It's part of the journey uh, of growth, you know. Just keep moving forward and never give up, you know. Even if you've thrown so many pebbles at the elephant and there is no response, uh, you feel like giving up, um, just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Maybe you'll find the result that you're looking for eventually. So a lot of us are always discouraged, uh, you know. Some of you are actually heading to work now. Uh, I remember when I used to work 9 to 5, this was around the time when I was leaving my house, but sometimes I didn't even feel like leaving my house because the environment at work was not so conducive, you know? And so uh, these are the moments where I used to contemplate, do I call in sick or do I just show up the way I don't want to show up, you know? And so uh, don't let the setback from yesterday discourage you from showing up today you know just show up and do what you need to do and eventually once you've discovered the the new path that you want to take you take it courageously Uh, but always show up no matter what the situation is so i want to bring on my guest uh, my brother akman naguere who is an incredible artist from uganda and one of the people who have really supported my work here in the in the in the pacific northwest in seattle washington uh, my brother, what do you think about this proverb that we are discussing today from Nigeria? What does it bring up for you?
1: It's um, a very important um, teaching. Um, I really also hold on to a lot of proverbs in my life to live in an everyday uh, life. Um, not throwing pebbles at the elephant, knowing that it's not going to do anything. I mean, it's, it carries a lot in our lives. Like, um, when the, the, you know the, somebody also said there's many ways of uh, skinning a cat. I mean, we don't eat cats, but they, they just said it like that. So this elephant that you think is, or this someone in your village that you think has uh, prospered very faster than you, someone in the classroom that you think is smarter than you or even in the neighborhood, If you hated them and just like whatever they did, and they don't know, they can't feel. This elephant cannot feel that pain. They cannot feel that you 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 know you're going through all that. But you inside yourself, you're hurting. You're getting sick every day from that stress of you know seeing somebody prosper. The best way to uh, get uh, around a big elephant is by you starting your own little fire, you starting your own little thing. The elephant also has some things that, um, or areas of need uh, at some point. The elephant can be too big to enter some places, but you in your size, it could be uh, able to like help that elephant access whatever they cannot. So you can find a way or ground where you can both work together maybe at some point this elephant will give you a ride to some of the destinations that your small feet cannot get there it's just like befriending a rich person or prosperous person
0: i love that i love that a lot actually it's about it's about collaboration you know i was learning recently you know a lot of the time if you think about it even youtube where we are right now Uh, even podcasting, uh, what we are doing right now, even TikTok, you know. Social media has made it so that collaboration is unavoidable. You have to collaborate, you know. Uh, If you are a podcaster like me, you you have to have guests in order for your show to be complete. And then you have to have an audience in order for your show to actually be complete. But then all of these people are collaborating with each other. You know, there are some of you who are watching the show who always show up for me. Sometimes it's the proverbs that interest you. Sometimes it's your belief in me that interests you. But sometimes it's because, you know, Rachmanu is my guest today. You're like, I have to show up for him because he's being interviewed today. Um, but at the end of the day, we are all collaborating, you know. Uh, just like uh, my brother was saying, uh, you know, we all need to find a way to, uh, you know, to start our own little fires. You never know who is going to come around and enjoy the warmth uh, from the fire that you start, you know. Uh, I love that thinking a lot. Now, um, if you're just joining me for the first time for the Afia podcast, I've been doing this for the last three years, three years plus, you know. And I started this uh, just for myself, to be honest with you guys, you know, Uh, for my own mental health, you know. Uh, I had lost my mom around the time that I was starting this podcast and she used a lot of proverbs in in bringing us up, in, in educating us, mentoring us. So I was like, you know, all these proverbs that I've been collecting over the years, I want to begin sharing them more. Uh, and so I began, you know, sharing on social media, sharing through this platform. Uh, and before I knew it, uh, I began hosting, you know, groups of people, you know, individual guests. And so uh, if you want to help me develop this into even a bigger platform that uh, uplifts African culture, especially here in the diaspora, then you need to subscribe to my YouTube channel. You know, that's really what I'm focusing on at the moment. Subscribe, but also make sure you let somebody else know that, hey, we have this platform that is focusing on uplifting african culture bringing wonderful guests uh discussing african proverbs but also talking about stories you know this next question that we're about to dive into is really about storytelling you know i love um sharing my own story uh, that when i was eight years old my mother asked me to help her distribute milk and bread in our neighborhood i grew up in kisumu uh, the third largest city in kenya not too far from uganda In fact, uh, we share Lake Victoria. Kisumu is one of the biggest uh, cities on the shores of Lake Victoria. And so, uh, you know, my mother was very smart. She was a smart business person. And so she would go to the uh, milk depot in in downtown Kisumu, buy a lot of milk in wholesale and buy bread in wholesale. And then she asked us to distribute this stuff in the neighborhood. You know, Uh, we would even we would repackage the milk and the bread into smaller quantities and distribute it in the neighbourhoods. And so for me, this was an eye-opener. You know, it was something that taught me discipline, taught me how to build relationships, and taught me what's possible, you know. Uh, You can get this from here, bring it here, make a little something, and if you're consistent, you'd open your own shop, you'd open your own factory. You can do whatever you want as long as you can build relationships especially business relationships. And so uh, I ask my guests to share a similar story that happened when they were maybe eight, when they were 12. So Rachman, think about a story that you want to share with us that when you look back, it really drives you today. It's really the core of why you wake up and hustle, not just for yourself, but for your family and for your community. Uh, Talk to us, please
1: yeah wow, what an inspiring story. I mean, if you're an African child, I think there's always a similarity. It could be from Nigeria, West Africa, South Africa. We all have um, a similarity in our in how we grew up. I, uh, I listened to um, Trevor Noah's book. like he also had that, that story too that uh, inspires uh, the young generation. Of course, uh, it will go on forever. But I remember when I was uh, little, uh, there's a lot of ways that I build my skills. I did not know I was building skills then or building the dreams, but I listened, I think. Uh, Listening helped me a lot uh, to whatever was going on, to the voice inside too. I remember this part of it wasn't about work. It's just something that, I would sit in a certain tree, especially days that I did not go to school, and look beyond the horizon. We were in a village, and on this village, we could overlook the city. It was like down, and beyond the city, I would see that nice strip of blue, and I knew someday I would be beyond somewhere there. It was, it was like just quiet moment, just looking far away as a young boy and admiring. And you know, I'm walking around without shoes, my torn shorts and stuff, and I'm thinking like that. And I also remember waking up to a ray of light. We did not have electricity that went through the big vents that we used to have in the morning too it was like a nice light that looked like electricity and i knew that maybe one day i would be in a place with good lighting then i also remember another the work part of it is um i did a lot of work i went to the garden to dig and then you know, grow food. I grew up with my aunties uh, after my mom passed. So in 1996, so I did a lot of uh, handwork. I went to the garden, grew food, harvested food, brought that food to the generator to make the flour. I went to the village. My grandma told, called me her husband. <laughs> so whenever I went to the village, we just say I have this problem. You know, pick up the axe and go to the field and cut a tree, chop it up and leave the village with her and a lot of stock of uh, firewood there, enough for when I come back next time. And um, I did the cooking most of the time. I got up in the morning and lit um, a fire to tea for my cousin because I grew up with my, my auntie. Like these hand skills... That I think right now are very beneficial. I'm in America now, one of the places that I I think had in my dreams while I sat in that tree and looked over the horizon. I'm a dad too. Whatever I did not have in that life now then uh, makes me want to work hard to also provide for my little one and also teach her hand skills that could help her in the future when I'm also not here. I I look at my cousins, it's not all a way of laughing at them. They were very soft, they they had a good life. My auntie was so caring with them. Um, She did not push them the way she pushed me. But amongst all of us, we were like eight kids. I am the one that managed to graduate from a university. It's called Uganda Christian University. Public administration and all these other um, cousins, they did not. Right now, I'm more supportive to um, my people back home, and including my auntie. Right now, there's more. There's a lot to say.
0: I love it. I love it. Uh, I just thank you for sh- taking taking me on a journey. You know, taking me on a journey. Uh, of of your life, you know, because a lot of the time I ask this question and I end up being uh, being really inspired, you know. Uh, and one of the things that stood out for, that stood out for me as you are speaking uh, was really how you are envisioning. It's almost like creating a vision board, creating a, a vision about your life, you know. Uh, you are very young; you didn't know what you are looking at out in the horizon. But somehow, you knew that you want to you want to see what's beyond the blue clouds, you know, uh, and yeah, and you believed that there is something there. You didn't know what it was, you know, uh, but in your mind, you are like, oh, there is something there, and I have to touch it, I have to feel it one day, you know, and and you're living that dream right now, you know, you're you're, you're you you envisioned something and you made it happen. Uh, i just love that very inspiring i have a lot of guests who have joined me on tiktok i want you all to take a moment and follow me over there like uh and share the current uh video that you're watching this is a live recording of the african father in america podcast and um i have a really special guest rachman naguere who is an artist from uganda based here in seattle washington and Mm -hmm. uh you know we started our show with an amazing african proverb and then we went into a conversation about uh, a childhood story that inspires uh, my brother rachman but now we want to go into uh, the work that you do as an artist you know um, in the world of today honestly anybody can be an artist and i feel that also that's how we were raised in africa in africa For example, you are sharing how you used to go gardening, how you used to uh, split the firewood for your uh, grandmother. And while you are splitting the firewood, you'd probably be singing, you know. While you are in the garden, you are probably singing so that the workload is a little lighter, you know. But here in America, one thing that I've noticed, if you're working nine to five and you start singing, your colleagues will think that you're crazy, you know. (laughs) Uh, if you are you know cleaning your backyard and you start singing in some neighborhoods people would be like is that guy smoking something you know <laughs>
1: I've been asked that the before.
0: <laughs> yeah so talk to us about your 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 uh, your art you know your music where when when did it start why is it important for you uh, and where are you now uh, as, a, as an artist but also you know what does success look like for you you know talk to us about like your ultimate vision of of your work as an artist as well
1: um so growing up i was i was i was shy i mean that doesn't go away i was shy but this is something i argue with people all the time i go i'm shy they go no you're not I'm like, okay but growing up this is something i'd never even um my mother had never seen me I heard me sing. I was like that shy, and my other brother would dance in the village and go around. I was also inspired by him. He would go around and these um, we call them mikolos, like the ceremonies, and he would entertain people for a little bit of money and food and stuff. I did not. But something I learned later is my last name Naguere is actually uh, a, also a, a name of a clanmate that was one of the first uh, prominent musicians from my town. Like, you know you cannot if, if you age, you can know who was the first musician in Kenya. You can know who was the first someone to, to, to record because these people recorded in, in Europe and stuff. One of the first musicians in my hometown is actually a relative that was named uh, Christopher Naguere. And um, he, st- he, he has like a lot of good records, which also is one of the things that uh, will feature in my current um, story as a piece. I, I was in old music, a lot of black a lot of inspirational um, uh, songs like Sweet Mother from uh, Nigeria, like a lot of good uh, stuff that I would listen to. When I'm not happy during the day, uh, when you know, I, I sang the songs from the Psalms too, uh, from the Bible. I was a Muslim kid, but I loved so much to be around church because in church they sang. Um, and then later I started writing my own uh, stuff. They never allow you, like, I don't know if they let you, mama, let you go to school and play music. But in Uganda, if you played music, you chose music and then missed school. So I never had a lot of time in choir until uh, high school when I found my voice and I did a lot. And um, I, I was going to school in the city and then I moved to the village where there wasn't a microphone, where there wasn't anything. And I remember doing the first song of uh, P D D and Asha. That was, uh, I need a Girl," But I did not have a mic. I did not have beats in the background. And uh, people joined me in the back and just danced while I was like, well, I'm in the national, no, and in the microphone without anything. I'm just... Until later, I just met elephants, producers, and uh, other people in the field that helped me record some of my first songs. I came a long way until I realized music is not all about recording. It's about listening and then using the instruments, especially our African instrument, like I can see in the back. So I worked with a lot of instrumentalists who helped me find my voice, and when I met like my friends here in the U.S. who listened to my songs, they were like, wow, you sound better uh, without being recorded. You sound better like this. Um, I was like, wow. So I kept going and going until I moved to the U.S., then life got busy again. Because then, uh, if you just keep recording music, uh, there's not a lot of money in music is more of the healing it's more of the sharing the stories which i used to do when i lived in new york but now i'm a dad life is busy what i just did this year which would be like an achievement in the, the music world i know i have a nice song called Sarah. it was uh, I, re- I wrote it for my sister and then a brother joined me in uganda we made a really nice piece someday maybe we'll share it here it's so on youtube Sarah s-e-a-r-a bye you can find it it's a nice piece this song um i made it in some studio by the same production and then the video was made by my own company that i started which is run 09 and it's r a n n 09 so it started as a joke we started with the video part and then recently i just opened an audio studio in kampala which is packed with a lot of quality equipment. And we recently just made a song with one big artist called Young Mulo. And now we're making another art, uh, song with a, a girl that is... She used to hit Kenya too. Her name is Bella. because goes, uh, goes by Queen Bella, UG. She's in our studio right now making a dancehall song. And what I'm promising East Africa is we want quality music like we are hearing from uh, West Africa. When people hear the song that we just made for Young Youngblood right now, they're telling me, brother, this is it. This is what we've been looking for. It's really hitting. I'll share with you, bro. Um, It's really good. I'm looking at quality, making a song in Uganda, bringing it here in the U.S. to like patch it up more so that when it goes back to the radio stations or the clubs, it's not going to be one of the songs that I've made. That did not make it up there. I love that.
0: I love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with us, you know, just your journey uh, in the music world. Now, because you're from Uganda and Uganda is just approaching another election, uh, I wanted you to also speak about your perspective about the future of Uganda. Uh, Are you hopeful or uh, are you tired?
1: Um, I remember in be, uh, being in one place with you, actually, uh, the first time Bobby White never came to Seattle for the political thing. Uh, you did not see me then. <laughs> but uh, you were up there. You were that big elephant. So I wanted to really meet and talk to you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I've been... I'm in the uh, people power. I'm very open about it. A um, national unity platform. I'm part of the Seattle... Um, group uh, that uh, supports not only Bobby Wine, but the idea of people which are an um, unity platform. There is a lot of hope, but we have a very, very, very huge problem in Uganda. Like Bobby Wine can be president even right now. In Uganda, we lack. In 2002, they took away political education, and I'm lucky, I'm among those people that started it before it was announced um, that they were going to delete it from uh, the the curriculum. So the whole generation, they don't know what they're doing. From the bloggers, from the people in the news, from the young artists, nobody knows what their right is. So they listen more to propaganda against Bobby Wine they listen more to like they would compare Bobby wine to the president's son because the president's son can throw a bigger party and feed thousands of people who he paid to come there so he's rich right and then Bobby wine doesn't have anything to give the people that alone will make Ugandans think oh hmm, what is he gonna give Uganda if he does not even buy uh, people a sack of rice that we have a bigger problem um, that would be solved if, if my people went, uh, even on YouTube, to learn about uh, political science. That's what we are lacking. I think... Once that enters the people, it will be very good. We are helpful in Bobby Wine. He's yeah. uh, inspirational, and I wish him the best, and I will still uh, be that support for him.
0: Yeah, that reminds me so much about Kenya, what you just said, you know. Uh, I think Kenya and Uganda and by extension many African countries are the same based on exactly what you said, you know. Uh, People look at now, people look at what can I eat now uh, and who can feed me. It doesn't matter how they got the food that they're giving me or the money that they're giving me. Maybe it's your money that they're giving you, you know. Uh, maybe it's your food that they stole from you and they're now giving you just a little bit right before the election so that you can vote for them, you know?
1: uh they, they don't know that these people can starve them until that time of the election. It's a technique they can play, make you poor. So when the elections are about to go on, they give you a little bit and you feel like, oh my goodness, this is a relief. You can be president for the next five years again and starve me in two years. <laughs> so yeah it keeps going and going if they put took money out of it and just supported like the people still do it would be very good
0: incredible incredible yeah uh, i also have a lot of hope for uganda you know uh, i love visiting uganda i love my ugandan people i love my matoki and my uganda waragi <laughs> yeah.
1: Together, right? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been able to bring some back but I haven't been in, in Uganda in a while, so yeah. But someday I'll bring you some.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I just want to give you space to talk about anything I didn't ask during our conversation today. I see that we are being joined by quite a few people on YouTube and I want to make sure that you have subscribed to my channel. Uh, My special guest today is Rachman Nagwere who is a wonderful artist from Uganda, based here in Seattle, Washington. And we've really really talked about incredible things. You should watch the show from the beginning. We started with an African proverb from Uganda, from Nigeria, from Nigeria. And then we talked about a childhood story, uh, you know, covering what really inspires uh, my brother Rachman um you know a childhood story that inspires him and then we talked about his musical journey uh and now we want to go into really your closing remarks you know what is it that you feel that i did not ask you during our conversation that you want to touch on before we wrap up
1: yeah one thing that i forgot to share with you and i uh, really thank you i don't know how much more time we have but uh Thank you for doing this, bro. This is uh, really inspirational. I, I, I listen to, I I watch YouTube and uh, live videos. And of course I share. Um, thank you for standing for East Africa, especially. Um, so one thing I did not share with you is how I love acting. And um, before moving to Seattle, um, I used to like, one thing that I did in two years after moving to the U.S. was featuring on some of those big uh tv shows and i also don't know how i did it but um i was like on blacklist thousand billions and then like a lot of them i i got to meet people like spike lee the directors and um but when i moved to seattle that kind of um went down but i'm still i'm still working on how to do that in seattle maybe i'll share a bigger story uh when that time comes to uh, I also work with an organization, you know, coming from Uganda and, you know, speaking tribes, each we have like 54 tribes. And uh, while out here, we have like a bigger organization that is Yuna, which is like the umbrella of all the tribes in Uganda. And then each tribe has their own small thing right now i work with the bam masaba i don't know if there's people in kenya like the Luya, who speak like uh, me the bukusu people are also like welcome if there is um there, there's some interest the uh, organization is called namka which is n-a-m-c-a we have like events every year where we share the culture we share proverbs like this and those little songs that we sing in the field while we're taking care of animals we share stories um we bring in our leaders to come speak to us and then we we come up with ideas on how we can support or engage with our community so i think next year we might be in oklahoma maybe hopefully you won't be busy because this uh, this year you had something you had madaraka going and i missed that because it was on the same uh, weekend but uh hopefully we can uh invite you to also do something with us on everybody uh, kenyans in the u.s kenyans in uh, kenya you can uh, you're all welcome uh, but also we can do something like this during the event and uh stream it with you
0: thank you thank you i love that i would, I would be honored i would be honored to be involved at any capacity so uh, keep me posted, share with me the dates, and uh, I just, you know, really, really appreciate you for making the time for us to have this wonderful conversation. You know, a lot of the time, I tell myself that if uh, nothing happens out of this uh, work that I'm doing with the African Father in America podcast, at least my children are going to be able to know who I am by watching these episodes uh, and knowing me uh over multiple episodes, you know, not just one. Uh, And that way, they at least have a direct story from me and the way I engage with other people, you know, and how I was thinking, you know. So uh, today you are able to do that as well, you know, for your people. Uh, Back home in Uganda uh, and even in Kenya, there is so much uh, misinformation, especially when it comes to uh, us here in the diaspora, you know. Uh, People have very, very, uh, uh, you know, big ideas of how life is here in America. So this platform also uh, completes the story for a lot of our brothers and sisters who are actually watching right now. Um, And uh, things are not so rosy and uh, the way you think, you know. So I hope that you can always, let's see what comments came through here. Uh, and, oh wow, a lot of comments. I can't read all of them, but I know that uh, Binti Afrika, thank you so much. Uh, Binti Africa is saying here that, uh, love today's proverb, I think it also means we should master ourselves and our greatness so as not to be bothered by negativity. I love that. Uh, Sister Marsha also joining us here is saying, I feel like I have I have visited Kisumu because of all the information Simon shares. <laughs> you that's have, awesome. that's, that's true. Good. But listen, you have to come to Kisumu, Masha. It's so different uh, in real life, you know. And then Stella says, "I love elephants a lot." Ah, I didn't know that. Uh, they always seem like they can give beautiful hugs. Uh, don't try hugging elephants; they will yeah. trample on you. <laughs> anyway invite other africans and zimbabwe family to the events oh okay great you've been told what to do there you know um anyway thank you all for joining me i just want to remind you that next week i will not be broadcasting the show and even the week after i'm taking a little break and uh, i might be traveling i have to manage some family situation so i just need to uh, reduce how much i'm doing during the next two weeks at least so you will still be getting a lot of content, you know. We have so much content that we don't share uh, because, you know, when you're live broadcasting uh, every day, Monday to Friday, it's it's so difficult to share every beautiful thing uh, that happens every single day. So uh, this, uh, you know, period of uh, not live broadcasting is going to give us time also to rethink about how we tell uh you know the stories that we do how we bring this show to you so it's also going to be a time for reflection and a time for thinking and bringing this show back to you in a more beautiful way one of the things i'm thinking about is uh exactly what brother rachman was talking about bringing the shows to the community in person you know so i'll be doing live recorded uh events in different parts of the world i don't know where yet but uh that's part of our plan you know to be able to live record in kenya in uganda in australia in namibia uh so just (laughs) yeah everywhere in the world we want to bring the show to you and so just keep us in your prayers keep us in your meditation tomorrow please come to the show because it's our last one Uh, for a while you know for a couple of weeks we will not be live streaming the way we normally do and we'll be changing a few things and then bringing the show back to you in a more robust and uh, wonderful way so again thank you Uh, brother Rachman thank you for making the time Uh, have a wonderful rest of your day
1: thank you bro thank you for the opportunity and uh, for the great work you're doing thanks for everybody for following and sharing and please let's uh, make the uh, spread the word and let it go all over Africa and let's all meet here.
0: Excellent, Amen. peace and love. You
1: too, thank African you are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javano Kelo live from Seattle.